Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you on Christmas week. We're just a few days away from Santa arriving, and holy cow, we're going to have a white Christmas, it sure seems like. Uh, There's been a dump of snow this weekend, uh, quite a bit in the lower mainland around this these parts and uh that just made me to stay home forget going out uh just enjoy the football the soccer the uh, ufc all the, the great sports that was on this weekend and uh coming to you a little early so jason can uh get a, a nice dinner tonight uh thanks a lot for doing this early jason this is gonna it's gonna be fun yeah no it's gonna be fun and dinner's gonna be excellent that's why yeah getting it in early but Hey, man, we had a great weekend of sports. We had yeah. actually a fantastic weekend of sports. Yeah, it sure was. Holy cow. Um, incredible. Uh, amazing. Uh, I love games on Saturday. There was uh, the greatest comeback in NFL history on Saturday. Uh, two good games. One of the games uh, was not great, but uh, two great games on Saturday. Tons of amazing comebacks and great games on on yesterday on Sunday. Uh, NBA's in full swing, going great. Nice UFC, uh, a lot of good fights on that card. It was a lot of fun. Last card of the year. Uh, we don't have another card for a whole month, which is pretty crazy. It's uh, quite a long stretch. But uh, I got to say, the, the the highlight of the weekend was the World Cup final. Uh, a massive win. Argentina beat France in the World Cup final. And I'm going to say this and you probably disagree because you're not a soccer fan but it was actually the greatest game in the history of sports it was the number one game in the history of sports there was more people watched that game than anybody has ever watched a a game in the history of the world uh it was uh so back and forth so incredible to see uh, Lionel Messi, the greatest player of all time, finally get that only trophy that he was missing from his trophy case and uh, beat Kylian Mbappe, who had a hat trick to, uh, you know, try to get his nation uh, a back-to-back World Cup. But uh, the greatest game ever played, and and I don't think you watched it. You missed out big time. The greatest game ever played. I watched it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. But unfortunately, the streaming kind of cut out right when it was in overtime. So we were, I was listening to it on the audio okay. at my friend's place, and they're just desperately trying to get it to work. So we saw like the shootout, right? Okay. And then, plus, on top of that, we were over from last night. We had a great Christmas party. Nice. We did the big thing, the responsible thing. We slept over, and then everybody got up early to watch the game. Okay. They watched the game. I will say this: that was probably the best um, soccer European football game I think I've ever seen. I've never seen a player literally almost win a football game by himself yeah. with that much high stakes. Yeah, and I, I want to say this: it was kind of almost like a passing of the torch. Now, now that we know that Messi's not going to be playing any more World Cups, it's like Mbappe just said, "Well, I guess I'm the next one up. I'm yeah. the next," one. and especially with a performance like that. And technically, it wasn't three goals. He scored four because he right. did score his penalty kick as well. And the, and the penalty kicks too, yeah. He did, yeah. Yeah, Messi got three. He got four. Uh, it was uh, an, a titanic battle. And the cool thing is they played together on the same team, their same club team, which is totally incredible that these two of the greatest of all time are playing together. 
I actually saw Messi smile when Mbappe scored that third goal. He was just like, that's crazy. Like, I yeah. can't believe he did that because you thought when Messi got that third goal that oh, this that was it. Argentina's got this. They, they've won the, the cup. And then all of a sudden he scores the third one. And you're like, holy cow. Single-handedly, he could uh, get France to another championship. And it was it was an epic Titanic battle. So back and forth, and uh, yeah, like I, I really felt bad for the four mil- four billion people that didn't watch it. Three point six billion people did tune in and watch it, but I feel sorry for all those people that didn't because it was uh, something that I'll never forget. the The greatest game ever played. It was it was fantastic. Like it was just because you know in the in the beginning there when it was still in regular time, Argentina was up by two, and you're like, yeah. well. France is running out of time. I think they finally scored their first goal with like, what was it, 12 minutes left in the game? Yeah, at the before, 80th before minute the they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just crazy. And then, and then finally Mbappe ties it up and you're just like, what am I watching here? What is this? This is this is, this is insane. This is incredible. Yeah. And yeah, like, Dan, going back to what you just said, that Mbappe and Messi are on the same team, you look at that and go, how is that fair? That probably shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> yeah. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the cool things about uh, soccer, though, about, uh, like you say, European football. It's, it is uh, just uh, amazing that you can really, you know, stack a team. You can spend unlimited amount of money in most leagues. And it's just, you know, hey, I want the best. So, you know, keep them coming, keep them coming. And we're going to win championships. And, and Messi has uh, done, like I said, everything. Just the, the list of accolades, trophies, things that he's won, MVPs and things. It's just so phenomenal. And at 35 years old, yeah, th- this is his swan song for the World Cup. He said he's not going to leave the national team yet. He wants to play as a champion in the next few years, maybe one, two. I don't know how many, but 39 years old, doubtful that he would make that, that yeah. next World Cup. But... 23, uh, about to turn 24 tomorrow. Kylian Mbappe, uh, absolutely incredible win last World Cup. And to be able to come back, win the golden boot this time, get a a hat trick in the final. Uh, You know, he must have been looking around like, okay, is anybody else going to help me here? Because, you know, I just need one of you guys to kick one in. And (laughs) and we got this, you know. I'm I'm pulling my weight here, but uh, where is everybody else? Yeah, no, he he basically drove the engine. He drove the bus all the way to almost a win. And that's as impressive an individual performance as I've ever seen. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it was spectacular and and so good to see. And uh, I have have a really good friend from France, Olivia. He's been on uh, this podcast a few times. And, uh, yeah, I felt sorry for him. I was going to have him as a guest today or – or this week, but uh, now with France losing, uh, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of heartbreak there, and he probably doesn't want to come on and talk about a loss. But, but um, yeah, that that France French uh, French team is uh, you know an amazing team to watch as well. They uh, they had an incredible World Cup, amazing performances, and Argentina lost the first game of the World Cup against Saudi Arabia, and everybody was just stunned and shocked. And uh, that led to a lot of big upsets in the World Cup. But what a phenomenal tournament, a whole month. Uh, I I love the World Cup because you can just see people from around the world 
wherever they're born, even if they're living in Canada, U.S., all over the world, they just stop and support their country. And and it's it was awesome to see. I would go to work and I'd see people on their phones. I'd see TVs and laptops set up. I'd hear it. I would see flags everywhere. I, I went and watched a lot of games live, but uh, it's tough when it's across the pond somewhere where the games are like 5 a.m., 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m. It's it's harder to watch. I'm really excited that it's coming here for the next World Cup because it'll be primetime games and I won't have to miss any of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I look forward to that. That's the World Cup I'll actually be tuning into because it's not at a weird times and stuff like that. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, the other thing that I was like amazed at, just amazed, I saw it off Instagram, was the party in Argentina. Oh my god! I I'm like looking at it going, what what am I? What is that? Like it's just, it was this. It's an ocean of people yeah. that stretched out. Forever, yeah. It looked like it was the whole damn country out. Yeah, like it's just like, what is a crazy, crazy? Yeah, that looked amazing. I know I should have pulled it up uh, to show it. Uh, there was a drone shot I saw, and they said there was two million people right in the Buenos God. Aires uh, main square, and they just kept flying over and just showing more and more people. Like you say, it was a it was a sea. You couldn't pick up <laughs> pick pick out any individual people except. People on high, high stands waving flags and stuff, but just the drone shot. If if you have not seen that, anybody that's listening or watching, pull that up. It is a, it's a sight to behold. And, and uh, it makes me wish that I was rich enough to get on a private jet and just fly there. Uh, I would have been, you know, I don't know how many hours it would have taken to get to Buenos Aires, but uh, I would have been worth it. It would have been a hell of a party. No, no. Them people are going to be partying for weeks on it. That, that's what it looked like to me. It's like, wow. it's Christmas and we won the World Cup. All is right in the world. We're partying. Yeah. Like, like, that's what it looks like. And they're going to be partying for days and days on end. Yeah. And also, too, Messi now deserves this. He's earned it. He's he's God over there. Yeah. Like, there there's oh, yeah. The actual Jesus God and there's Messi right beside him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's so great that... Uh... He's finally sort of wrestled the torch away from Maradona, too. He was always having uh, such a hard time living up to what Maradona did in his career. And he was always just a little below in people's eyes because he didn't have the didn't bring them that World Cup. And now that he has, uh, yeah, he could he could run for president. He could do anything and he would get it. Uh, he'll never have to buy a meal or a drink again in his home country. And, yeah, there's a there's a lot of really big perks that are coming his way for sure. Yo, no, there's there's everything. Everything is coming his way, and it's well deserved. Uh, he's worked very hard. He's got like a stellar career. He's a future like Hall of like he's everything. Yeah, everything he's managed to accomplish all of this, and then the icing on the cape is to finally get the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Played in every single solitary country. Played by more people than any other sport. Uh, World Cup is only once every four years. Only 32 of the 195 nations make it in. Uh, you know, the, the top 11 guys are starting in the world. And, you know, out of 80 million people, uh, the Argentina has these top 11. 26 guys make the squad. And 
and uh, they finally uh, brought it back after 36 years. And uh, yeah, it was amazing, amazing tournament. I, I definitely know that uh, next World Cup when it comes, I'm not working in one second of that month. I'm going to uh, be off of work and taking holidays and traveling around and seeing soccer in all the cities, and it's just going to be an absolute blast. And I had a great time this one, but yeah, it was it was tough being here on the West Coast. Uh, the time the time difference. Uh, it's a little hard to party at 7 a.m. most days, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm a, maybe a little too old to be drinking at 7 a.m. every day. It's not not probably good good for my health. No, no, probably not. But also too, like you said, like it's just, it's the time difference. Like it it just makes it very hard to be engaged in these games unless you're literally like from the countries that are are participating in the World Cup, and then you're engaged. But yeah. at the same time, it's kind of ha- hard to have your beer along with your hash browns and your and your scrambled eggs and stuff. So it, it, yeah. it makes it kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, okay, let's transition to the NFL. So we had the greatest game ever played. We had the greatest comeback ever happen in the history of the sport. We had probably the dumbest play uh, I've ever seen uh, ever happen in NFL history. Uh, a lot of uh, really amazing moments. Um, we've been we've been going usually NFC top teams down and uh, starting that way. So we'll go that way again. Uh, we'll start with the NFC East leading Eagles, and uh, they got a, another big victory. Uh, beat the Bears 25-20. Jalen Hurts was just incredible again. Three rushing touchdowns, and and this guy, man, MVP. I think you already got to give it to him with this team at 13-1 and one and him just driving this bus. Uh, this was a cool battle, too, between Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts. I was really excited to see both these guys facing each other. And and uh, did you see the touchdown, almost touchdown that Fields had where it was called back because he stepped out on the nine-yard line? That play yeah. was one of the best, best touchdown runs ever. It's just unfortunate that his toe hit the sideline but this was a heck of a game 25 20 win by the eagles yeah it was a heck of a game and that was almost the most ridiculous touchdown by like a quarterback i've ever seen like i was just like oh he's still going wait he's still going like it was yeah it was an amazing play that unfortunately didn't happen but the one thing that really stood out to me okay so hurts carries the ball 17 times 61 yards but he gets three touchdowns but he's actually outrushed by Fields with 15 carries for 95 yards. Yeah. And I'm like, oh wow, that you, yeah. you just that that's something that you just really just don't see every day. You know, mm-hmm. like and I and I love the fact that, that yeah, that now quarterbacks are being like that dual threat. Yeah. We can pass or we can run. It's 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 our choice or whatever the defense is gonna give us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Hurts passed for 315 yards. He did have those two picks. But Brown and Smith again, huge games. Yeah. Brown, nine receptions for 181 yards, and Smith for five receptions for 126 yards. Those guys are studs. Yeah. Those are two massive, amazing weapons. And, you know, it must be so nice for Hertz to, to run the ball. And if he has to throw, he's got those two guys to haul in 100 yard games every game. And this incredible. And their, their defense was massive as well. There was six sacks. And three guys had all six sacks. Hassan Reddick, uh, Javon Hargrave, and Josh Sweat all had two sacks apiece on field. So Fields was running for his life, but uh, 
this Eagles team is stacked. The offense, defense, it's uh, absolutely amazing to watch. Um, I was I was pretty uh, impressed with David Montgomery as well. Chicago's going to be good this year. They're three and eleven and having a having a really rough year, but uh, this team just needs a little more defense and a couple more weapons on offense, and uh, it's going to be uh, really contending very soon. Uh, I. I, I love I love this quarterback matchup though. It was one of my favorite matchups ever to see these two spectacular dual threat quarterbacks going. And Fields is finally getting an opportunity to throw. Uh, but the Eagles were saying, no, you're not. <laughs> we're yeah. we're not allowing that. And uh, unfortunate, I've heard though that Jalen Hurts uh did sprain his shoulder uh and is uncertain to play this week. Um, they are still uh, not guaranteed to uh, win the division or the top seed, but um, I don't think this injury was super serious, but I do expect them to hold him out this week, uh, just precautionary. Oh, no, no, I definitely agree with you right there because why take the risk? You're 13-1. You're definitely going into the playoffs, right? So I don't think there's any reason to take any necessary risk. And also, too, you want him to be as healthy as possible going into the playoffs. Yeah. So if he needs a week of rest, give him a week of rest. Exactly, yeah. Um, so this this week, uh, the Bears host the Bills, and the Eagles go to Dallas for that big divisional uh, game. That's on Saturday at 125. There's actually only three Sunday games coming up because it's Christmas Day. Uh, all the games have been shifted to Saturday. We'll have three games on Sunday and a Monday nighter. Um, so Saturday, 125 for Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys looked great in that first half and then blew the game against the Jags. Uh, they were up 21 to three and they lost 40 to 34 in overtime when Dak Prescott was uh, picked off by Rashawn Jenkins for the second time of the day. He got a pick six, ran it in. Jags win. Jags are are really coming up but Jags actually have a shot to get in the playoffs as well uh they they they're only one game behind Tennessee and uh Trevor Lawrence looked amazing Zay Jones three touchdowns Travis Etienne Marvin Jones had a TD uh this team's starting to really come on and uh they humbled Dallas uh outscoring them 33 to 13 in the second half in overtime yeah uh the Jags definitely came on and I'm just kind of surprised that the Cowboys fell apart the way that they did. It's more the Cowboys falling apart than the Jags coming on that I thought this game that really True. Um, really told the tale of the story. Uh, Lawrence, 318 yards, four touchdowns, 27-42. He had a great game. He had a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, you could see that there's, there's, there's glimpses, there's instances of this team wanting to turn the corner, wanting to be great. Yeah. And I think they'll be able to grow and learn from this uh, particular season. And especially if they manage to somehow make it into the playoffs, it's going to be very hard. But if they keep playing at this uh, high a level, they're definitely going to give themselves a chance. Yeah, sure. Um, something seems wrong with Dak since he's been back. Uh, he returned week seven from injury. He's thrown 10 picks since. Uh, that was his fourth multi-interception game this year and that was as many he had uh 2019 2020 and 2021 seasons combined 
So uh, this is not a good stretch from him. I'm not sure why he's making so many mistakes, but they're really hurting Dallas. And Dallas sits 10 and 3 right now, but uh, they're, um, or 10 and 4 right now, sorry, 10 and 4. And uh, they're, they're in need of uh, a big win. If Jalen Hurts is out next week, they have a better, much better shot, obviously. But Eagles, um, even with a backup quarterback, could beat Dallas the way it's going right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, Eagles have all the talent in the world to still beat Dallas. And if Dallas puts in another performance like this, even with the Eagles as having a backup quarterback in, they could lose. Yeah. You definitely lose. Yeah. So um, Dallas, as I said, hosts the Eagles and the Jags play the Jets in New York. And that's the Thursday game this week, the Thursday nighter. So that'll be good. Uh, and on the Sunday nighter, the other two teams in the NFC East played each other for the second time in three weeks. Uh, the last game was December 4th, and it ended in a 20-20 tie between the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. This time, the Giants also put up 20, but they held the Commanders to 12 points. Uh, they stopped them on a fourth and goal late to preserve the win, but Washington got absolutely robbed by the refereeing. A uh, horrible call on the play before. They they had it on the two-yard line. Uh, receiver uh, Terry McLaurin went out to the sideline. He looked down at the ground. He asked the referee, hey, am I on this line of scrimmage? The referee looked like he nodded. Then he reached down and he grabbed his, grabbed his side where his flag was. And then as soon as the ball was snapped, he threw the flag. And uh, they pulled him back five yards for not lining up on the line of scrimmage. And uh, they had they were now forced to uh, try to score from, from farther back. On the very next play, uh, Taylor, Taylor Heineke threw it into the end zone for Curtis Samuel and pass interference, big time. The guy was all over him, had him hugged, couldn't, McLaurin couldn't get up, couldn't raise his arms up, didn't flag it, fourth down, no go. Ball turnover, game over. Absolutely, I would be irate if I was a Commanders fan. I hate the Commanders, but they got just robbed. They got absolutely robbed. It was it was blatant, blatant screw ups by the refs there. I okay. So first off, I didn't know that McLaurin actually asked the ref if he was on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if 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 the ref is obligated to tell him. I have no idea. I don't know what those rules are. Yeah. But I think I, they I are. Say, I think they are. I think I've been I, told they are. Yeah. If he asks, uh, they, they got to say yes or no. Okay. So so then that's a huge screw up on the ref because then what are you doing? You set up the player yeah. when you're obligated to tell him? Like that 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 to me is now you phone the, the league office and say, what's going on here? Yeah. Take a look at this, right? Because yeah. this, this cost us a game. This, this could they, that could actually cost them a playoff berth, uh, you know, yeah. you know, to to be able to score that touchdown a lot easier. Uh, they had two plays from the one or two yard line, and uh, then they just had to get it. You know, they had to punch it in and then get a two pointer, and it's going to overtime. And and he asks them, he asks them straight <laughs> out, like I, I'm I'm shocked that the guy would, he would either lie and say yes, lie. you are. Or yeah. not say anything and then throw a flag. Uh, you know, the guy's just, he's hes far out from where they're snapping the ball. He's just asking, hey, can you help yeah. me out? Am I, 
Am I on their line? The guy's supposed to tell him, and he didn't. And then, you know, a blatant pass interference that should have been called. Uh, this was, yeah, this was bad. And 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 at times, you know, there's conspiracy theories like, hey, the refs had money on this game, but this these last two plays really made me wonder, Do, do did this guy have money on the game and uh, decide Giants were going to win? It was it was really blatant to me. No, I, that that is, and I do remember the pass interference call where I'm like, okay, come on, where's the flag on that? And there was no flag, and I was like, oh, that's that's not good. I did want to bring up one particular player for the Giants that was on defense that had one hell of a game, Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh man, uh, yes, man. yeah, he was an absolute monster. Uh, but he had one of the greatest plays I think I've seen: sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Leading to a touchdown, yeah. he, he did it all. He did one it play, all, yeah. yeah. That, that was, was I was very impressed with. That. that was one of the nicest plays ever, too. And just yeah, right on, right on the goal line, be able to grab it and punch it in for a touchdown himself. Yeah, he was, he was a beast. And the Giants, yeah, the Giants have looked great this year. Had a really good year, but these two teams couldn't be more evenly matched. Coming in, both seven five and one, having a tie last time. Uh, went down to, you know, the final drive in the final minute. And, uh, you know, I think this deserved overtime at least. And then we wouldn't have had, you know, too much controversy unless more blatant calls were were screwed up. But uh, this deserved to go into overtime. I really would have loved it. Uh, nice way to finish a great day of football and and give both these teams a chance to, to win the game in OT. But, um, yeah, I, I hope there's investigation done. And I hope they figure out what the hell happened. And especially talk to that referee that got asked, hey, am I on the line here? You know, I, I'm trying to be on the line here. Am I on the line? And the guy doesn't, either doesn't say it or or lies. So um, something's wrong. Something's really, really wrong. I'm guessing one thing's definitely going to happen with that particular ref. He's not playing. He's not going to be refing in the playoffs. Yeah, I hope not. Because no, yeah. you can't have a guy like that refing in the playoffs. No, not at all. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the Giants go to Minneapolis to play the Vikes on Saturday, the early window, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 1 o'clock Eastern. And Washington goes to the 49ers on Saturday, 105 kickoff, um, Christmas Eve. Tough place for the commanders to go to. Uh, Niners are, are rocking right now and looking great. Um, they're leading their division 10 and 4. Uh, fresh off a huge playoff spot, clinching win over the Seattle Seahawks. That was on Thursday. They won 21-13 behind the arm of Brock Purdy. Another good game for Brock. No mistakes. 217 yards through the air and a couple touchdowns. Uh, he loved. He loves Christian McCaffrey already. Just handing him the ball, giving him the ball. Another great game. 108 yards through the air with a touchdown and 30 uh, on the ground. I mean. And 30 through the air. Um, George Kittle, four catches, two touchdowns. And and uh, Niners are looking great. Seattle was leading this division for most of the season, uh, but now they're in the rear view. I don't think they have a shot at, at this at all. And uh, uh, Niners, uh, yeah, is, I think Brock Purdy could uh, lead this team quite far. I don't think he's going to make mistakes. And, and uh, this defense is just too good. Yeah, the defense is... Absolutely stellar. And he's been very economical with how he's running the offense, Purdy. Yeah. And, he's, and he's doing it super efficient. And it's fantastic for him knowing that he has all of these 
great weapons all around him, all over the field. Yeah. And uh, this time for this particular game, he chose the one weapon to be Kittle. That was his favorite target, which uh, with the two touchdowns. Yeah. All these, you know what? All this guy's got to do is just kind of manage the game properly and not turn over the ball. If he can have games like this consistently, he's going to really actually give the 49ers a chance to go far and deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I was shocked at uh, Jordan Mason's numbers too. Uh, he only had four carries, 64 yards. Uh, Seattle's run defense, uh, another uh, leaky performance. And, and uh, yeah, 16 yards a carry. Uh, I'd be handing Jordan Mason the ball quite a bit the rest of the rest of the season if he's uh, been able to rack up 16 yards every time he touches the ball. Yeah, well, especially if he's playing against the Seattle defense, it's like, ah, oh, Mason, you're in. You know, you know what to do against this defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor Seattle uh, had such a great start to the year. They're seven and seven, and they're um, you know on the outside looking in right now. Uh, we'll see. They they have. Um, they're they're yeah they're in, they're in tough uh not not a lot of people expected them to go far this year and and have a a great season but um we'll see we'll see if they can put it together and sneak into the playoffs um i i'm i'm starting to doubt it uh they have to face the chiefs next and uh that's a early game uh i i don't see them winning uh <laughs> i don't see them being able to uh, you know, stay stay in that playoff hunt. No, it's going to be extremely hard for them to stay in the playoff hunt now that it's come to this. But at the end of the day, still very much better than where I thought they would end up this season. Yeah. And I think when a lot of people thought they would end up this season. So at least you could say that the Seahawks have something to build upon going forward. Yeah. Uh, staying in the NFC West, the uh, the Rams are playing tonight in the Monday Nighter. Uh, they're heading into Green Blade to play the Packers. Uh, we'll see if Baker Mayfield can uh, pull out some magic again tonight. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, battle of the Titanic quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Who would have ever thought, huh? Who would have ever thought? <laughs> Baker Mayfield versus Aaron Rodgers. But if Baker can make some more uh, magic like he did just last week, ah. Uh, maybe the Rams will have to will end their season on a high note. Uh, Packers made a strange move today. They waved uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, hit, kicked him off the field today. Uh, I don't know what went down there, but uh, uh, you would have thought the, going into the, the game tonight, they would have at least played him and uh, cut him tomorrow. But uh, kind of bizarre. Uh, yeah, one of their weapons uh, they said to see you later to today. That is odd. Obviously, there's something that must have happened behind closed doors. I don't know what it could have possibly have been. Because like he was kind of an instrumental weapon for them for a while there. I uh either way, somebody's gonna be picking him up. Yeah. Somebody some team is gonna pick yeah. him up. Yeah, I mean he's a good weapon for a team uh, you know, going down the stretch trying to make the playoffs or or yeah. do something in the playoffs. Uh yeah, I I, I would uh, you know, if I was a team, I'd pick him up for sure. Yeah, he's He's a veteran that's uh, you know got good hands and has had a great career. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, again, kind of surprising, but uh, definitely somebody's going to be picking him up. He's not going to be staying there for too long. He's not going to be staying unemployed for too long. Yeah. Um, the Rams uh, next play on Christmas Day. Uh, it's the one thirty game, and they host the 
Broncos. And the Packers go to Miami. They play on Sunday as well. And that's uh, the early window. Um, team that's uh, bottom of the NFC West, Cardinals. They fell to 4-10 and 10 on the year with a 24-15 loss against the Broncos. The Broncos improved to 4-10, and 10, uh, <laughs> amazingly enough. Uh, Brett Rippon was in for Russell Wilson. He was uh, pretty decent. Latavius Murray had a great game, uh, 24 for 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Simmons had two interceptions, and Patrick Sertain had the other as they picked off the Cards quarterback three times. Trace McSorley threw two of them, and Colt McCoy won. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have much more to add to uh, that? No, Murray was the story in this with 130 yards carrying, and then uh, the Broncos defense stepped up against the second and third string uh, quarterbacks of the Cardinals, picked them off. Um, such a riveting game. So super exciting. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't, uh, I didn't spend a lot of time uh, breaking that one down. Uh, mm-hmm. Both teams at four and 10, uh, right. far down the, down the playoff uh, list and no, no chance this year. Um, the cards host the Bucks on Christmas Day for the Sunday Nighter, uh, five twenty, and the Broncos go to the Rams. Uh, they also play on Christmas Day, one thirty, as I mentioned a little earlier. Uh, okay, let's go switch to the NFC North, and uh, we got to talk about the greatest comeback in NFL history. Uh, so I'm texting you on Saturday morning, and I'm saying, "Holy cow!" Can you believe this game? Oh, my God. And and uh, Vikings couldn't have made more mistakes. The Colts uh, just kept piling up points, not getting touchdowns like they should have. They were kept getting field goal after field goal when the, they got the turnovers. But when it's 33 to nothing at halftime, uh, most of North America turned the game off, I'm sure, and uh, went about their Christmas shopping. Uh, hung their Christmas lights, they put their tree up, whatever they did. Uh, most people didn't keep tuning in. Um, Vikings went into the locker room and said, hey, we got this. We got this. <laughs> and they came out and they got five touchdowns, put it into overtime, and they won 39-36. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's statistically the greatest comeback in NFL history, and it was this weekend. And um, – I was shocked Indy was up that hard, but I'm still shocked that they blew that kind of a lead. You just, you can't blow that kind of a lead. It, okay. So when you, when you texted me, yes, I was in the gym and I, I did. Yeah. I was getting my workout in and you're like, okay, we'll just put it on the TV. And I'm like, well, unfortunately that TV doesn't exist there. So I, I couldn't put it on. Damn. But especially when you told me it's 33, nothing. All right. Game's over. All right. There's nothing much more to say. Yeah. And then he texts me back later saying, greatest comeback ever. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? How can a team come back from that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how they did it. Kurt Cousins. Yeah. That's how you get it done. Kurt Cousins had himself. Monster game. Monster. Yeah. 460, 460 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. That last interception that he threw, though, I thought that was a game. Yeah. Right? Like, he threw that right at the end of the game, and I'm like, there is okay, so there is no way that they can score now. Like there, there is none. 
there is not, and then also too, remember, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a play there where the defense stripped the ball or something like that, and they had a touchdown, but they didn't call it? Yeah, yeah, they said his uh, momentum was uh, his forward momentum was stopped or something, and yeah, and they, yeah, <laughs> and, and then on the replay, you're like, "What are you talking about? The ball is out. Yeah, that's a fumble, right? Yeah. Like it, that yeah. should have been a touchdown right there." And so there was many times where the Vikings are like, oh, "Almost, almost." <laughs> it, it was like it reminded me of the other game where they won where they almost shouldn't have won, you know, like it yeah. was kind of the same, it was the same thing. Yeah. And so finally when they punch it in, so they go to overtime, I'm like, well, if I'm the Colts, ah, I don't, I don't think we got it anymore, boys. <laughs> like, like this shouldn't have happened. And now it has, yeah. and it was, it was amazing, amazing comeback win. And then all of this man's weapons were right there for him. Delvin cook, 17 carries, 95 yards, Four receptions, another 95 yards, and a touchdown. Oz, K.J. Osborne, 10 receptions, 157 yards, one touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 12 receptions, 123 yards, another touchdown. All his weapons were definitely there. He found them all the time. Even Adam Thielen had a touchdown as well. Amazing comeback for the Vikings. Yeah, no, that was spectacular. Uh, they've had a... They've had an incredible season. We are pulling out so many games, one score games, and to be eleven and three and just still absolutely dominant, uh, clinching a playoff spot and getting in there. Uh, it was it was a shock, and I'm amazed that they they were able to battle back and pull this off. Um, I, I definitely have Kirk Cousins as my hero of the week uh, yeah. to be able to, you know, just go into the locker room down thirty three nothing. You know, it's usually like. Okay, we're putting the backups in. Have a good rest. We'll see you next week. You know, he came out and engineered that four touchdowns and 460 yards. And uh, just, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like they just threw the ball. Dalvin Cook still carried the ball a lot. And, uh, but, you know, those three weapons that he had that you mentioned, holy cow, those guys are just all world. And some of the catches uh, Osborne made were incredible. Justin Jefferson is, uh, in my mind, top one or two, three receivers in the league now, and uh, they they just came back. And you know, I, I I was making some funny jokes like Jeff Saturday, the only head coach named Saturday ever play on Saturday, and uh, I was like Jeff Saturday might be the only coach ever fired on Saturday. Yeah, like, uh, it was crazy bad. Uh, I feel bad for Matt Matt Ryan uh, on the. On the losing end of the greatest comeback in NFL history in the regular season and the Super Bowl. Uh, two really, really rough losses that, that have to leave some serious scars on his heart. Like, he's got a Super Bowl victory in his hands, 28-3 up, and they lose. He's got this win. Uh, they're still in the mix for a playoff spot. And and to to lose this way, oh, it's got to be just just be horrible today to be walking around as Matt Ryan. Ah, uh, it's devastating, and I'm sure he really appreciated it when people remind him of that Super Bowl loss and say, "Oh, is it just like that Super Bowl loss? You remember that, right?" And then, oh, dude, it's great, no, but yeah, man, it, it, it's it's tough, tough, tough loss because this is not a loss that should have happened. No, they should have had this one easily in the bag, but for some reason. 
it conspired against them. So hopefully they can grow from this. They can learn from this. And uh, and hopefully Jeff Saturday as the head coach can be like, all right, well, I'm going to have to do something a little bit different to prevent us losing a 33-point lead and losing yeah. a game. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't just grind the clock out, hand the ball off, you know, just, you know, make sure that they're just, you know, getting a few first downs and just taking the clock down. You know, it's it's crazy that they they could be outscored that badly. 36 points in 30 minutes and only get three themselves. Uh, insane. Absolutely insane. But Kirk Cousins, my hero of the week. Uh, we Honorable mention to Trevor Lawrence and Zay Jones. Zay Jones with three touchdowns in that Jags win. And, um, yeah, both the, those three guys had phenomenal games. Lots of great, great games by many. Um, my zero is coming up. Uh, I think I kind of teased it off the top a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about my zero of the week very soon. Um, okay, now we're, we're turning to – we're going down a little bit into the NFC North. Um, let's see. Oh, let's mention the Vikings host – the Giants on Saturday, early window. Colts host the Chargers. And this is the Monday night or Boxing Day uh, for you Canadians, Boxing Day. Um, okay, second place in the NFC North is the Detroit Lions. Uh, they started the year 1-6, and six, and now they're 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, They got a nice little tidy 20-17 to 17 win over the New York Jets. And Jared Goff is now telling everybody, that they won the Matthew Stafford trade, <laughs> and uh, he's playing great, absolutely amazing. Six games in a row with no interceptions, the longest stretch of his career. Uh, he's looking good, uh, not making mistakes, and just uh, you know, c- continuing these wins. And, and they have a legitimate shot at the playoffs now after a one and six start. This could be one of the greatest comebacks in the NFL from a team at the very bottom of the league to going up and actually uh, being in that top seven, making a playoff spot. We, I, I mentioned it from the beginning of this season that it felt like the lines at least were going in the right direction. Yeah. That they had the head coach that believed in the players and the players that believed in the head coach. Yeah. And now it's finally paying dividends going one and six and now going six and one and completely flipping the script. Yeah, and and Jared Goff is playing fantastic. He's playing yeah. great. Yeah. Threw four touchdown to to right one reception for the fifty one yards, which was a great play. Fantastic yeah. play to get it, for him to get in the end zone. But I'm gonna say this. I'm, I'm gonna give some flowers out. I'm gonna give Zach Wilson some flowers. Yeah, Big best game I think. Be- best game I think uh, of his career probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen yards, two touchdowns. An interception, but he 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 played well, yeah. and uh, he gave the Jets a chance to win this game, which I didn't know if he could actually do that. Right. So. Yeah. Um, Mike White wasn't able to play. He has uh, two broken ribs on one side, another broken rib on the other side. wasn't able to make it back for this week. Uh, he's doubtful also for Thursday's game, so uh, Zach Wilson might get a second straight start. Uh, CJ Uzama finally got his first two touchdowns of the season. Uh, he signed with the Jets this season to a three-year, $24 million deal. Uh, hasn't been living up to expectations, but finally was able to uh, get in, get some, get into pay dirt a couple times. And, um, yeah, they lost, but, uh, 
there was a couple of good performances by the Jets. Yeah, there was a couple of good performances, something to hang their 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 hat on, uh, something to be proud of at least going forward. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, though, the Lions, very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. And they're coming hard, man. They're coming hard down the stretch. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, they host. Uh, oh no, they go to Carolina and play on uh, Saturday early window Christmas Eve. Uh, rest of the NFC North Packers five and eight, as I mentioned, playing the Rams tonight. Uh, we're about 25 minutes away from kickoff there. And, uh, the bears sit at three and 11 down in the bottom. Uh, okay. NFC South, uh, the bucks are still leading the NFC South at six and eight, but, uh, they, they blew a 17 to three lead. And got crushed by Cincinnati. Joe Burrow had four TDs. Uh, Tom Brady had four drives in a row that led to turnovers in the second half. Two fumbles, two picks. And um, this was uh, another low moment for Tampa. But they still are in the playoff picture, leading the NFC South. Um, Crazy this division. This is bizarre. Uh, Since he looked great and, uh, you know, really starting to firing all cylinders heading to the playoffs just like they did last year yep exactly like they did last year uh the bucks had way too many turnovers and so kind of just literally gave this game away and burrow was burrow was great he was fantastic 27 to 39 200 yards four touchdowns all to his favorite receivers jamar chase had a touchdown boyd had a touchdown t higgins had a touchdown and another guy to round it off and throw him in there wilcox had a touchdown as well so yeah, it look, hey, uh, Bengals are looking fantastic. They're looking good. Um, the exact opposite of where the Bucks are, who are still in the playoff position, which is just amazing. Um, and then, yeah, Brady, 312 yards, three touchdowns, but those two picks were huge, massive. And that's what contributed to their downfall. Yeah, yeah, too many mistakes there for sure. And, um, yeah, they had this game. Uh, yeah, this is crazy how – how, how, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of bad, bad, bad mistakes and, and things that we don't see from, from Tom Brady and, and we haven't seen from the Bucks since he got there, but this has been a strange year. Uh, Bucks go to Arizona, play on Christmas night, and Bengals go to the Patriots uh, Saturday morning early. Uh, okay, and the rest of the South are sitting at five and nine. Panthers are in second, five and nine. Saints and Falcons are third and fourth, all five and nine. Uh, the Panthers, they lost to the Steelers, uh, 24-16. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to talk too much about all these teams because, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not fun. They're, uh, they're not doing well, and, uh, but they're all in the hunt. One of these teams is going to make the playoffs. I don't know who, but one of these teams is actually going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I know. And I, yeah, one of these teams is going to make the playoffs. If I had to bet, maybe the Steelers, but I, I don't know, man. Like it just, you know, they're, they're all about the, about the same grade right now. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then uh, Trubisky did enough to win the game, you know, 17 to 279 yards, ran in a touchdown. Oh, that was that's a first. I, I didn't know he could do that. And then uh, Nashim Harris, 
also had a touchdown, running a touchdown. Like, you know, their running attack was very effective for the Steelers on this one. Yeah. Um, Nick Harris, 24 carries, 86 yards. And then, uh, you know, there was a Sam Darnold sighting. So apparently he played. And uh, went 14 to 23, <laughs> 225 yards for a touchdown. And, but unfortunately, the Panthers just didn't have enough to uh, get over the Steelers. No, no. And uh, as I mentioned, the other two teams, Saints and the Falcons, they played each other. Uh, New Orleans squeaked out a win, 21-19. There was some usual suspects for New Orleans that uh, really helped contribute to the win. Alvin Kamara was good. Um, James, uh, Jawan Johnson had two touchdowns. Taysom Hill had great numbers. Two for two, 80 yards and a touchdown pass. And uh, seven for 30 rushing on the ground for Hill. And Rashid Shahush. Rashid Shahid had uh, three catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I really loved the performance by Tyler Algier uh, for Atlanta. Uh, what a hell of a game he had. Uh, Desmond Ritter, they weren't they weren't allowing him to unleash the ball very much, so Algier was uh, taking the bulk of the load, and uh, he had a phenomenal game. No, Algier had a phenomenal game. And almost single-handedly won the Falcons the game by his uh, stellar play. But unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. They just needed a little bit more. Also, Corderell Patterson had a touchdown to himself, 14 carries for 52 yards. Uh, but the Saints Saints had this one. And, uh, again, I love that Swiss Army night for Taysom Hill. Uh, he can he can literally do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So. Two for two, 80 yards, like, <laughs> and a touchdown pass. Like, uh, that's pretty phenomenal, yeah. Uh, Algiers' numbers were 17 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown. And, um, yeah, Saints go to Cleveland, play Saturday. Falcons go to Baltimore, also Saturday, both in the early window. Uh, and I, I forgot to mention, Panthers host the Lions Saturday, early window. Pittsburgh hosts the Raiders on Saturday, the late game 5:15 kickoff. Uh, okay, AFC now. Uh, we'll be able to fly through because we've covered a lot of the games, but we haven't covered the Bills beating the Dolphins. Uh, this was a game of the weekend that I was really looking forward to. Uh, we were expecting a huge dump of snow. It didn't come till really late in the game, except from the stands. All the <laughs> snowballs that kept getting thrown, and uh, yeah. the referees had to. Uh, say to the fans, any more snowballs? We're getting 15-yard penalties against your Bills. And that didn't even stop them. <laughs> but uh, this was a pretty great game. Uh, all in all, uh, 32-29 Bills victory, clinching the East and a playoff spot at 11-3, falling the Dolphins to 8-6. and six. And Josh Allen, man, this guy puts up incredible numbers. An awesome game again. Yeah, he had an incredible game. 25 40, 304 yards, four touchdowns, 10 carries for 77 yards. I love it when this guy takes off because it, you just know it's like, I'm not going to slide. I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> He's going to run you over. Yeah. Oh, and, and especially the one dive that he did where he, he dove over the top like he was a WWE wrestler. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. Ah, He's a wild man out there, but I love it. I love it. I know yeah, the they Bills- called that a fumble at first, but uh, luckily they reviewed it and saw that he had broken the plane and mm-hmm. uh, they was able to get it, punch it in for a touchdown. And 
Yeah, he's another guy. Jalen Hurts love, Justin Fields love, but uh, Josh Allen, man, he is just such a pleasure to watch. I I I think that the Bills, you know, they're just the uh, Bills Mafia has just got to be just thrilled every time this guy is healthy and then gets to snap the ball for them. Uh, you know, got a great uh, great chance of winning and and going going far. Uh, you know, they're looking like the beast of the AFC and. And um, yeah, I, I, especially if games are in Buffalo in those kind of conditions, uh, it's going to be hard for many teams to do much uh, coming in there. Oh yeah, it's going to be super hard. But at the same time, Miami made this game close. Yeah, they're 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 a warm weather team. Yeah, and they they actually gave the Bills a run. Like that was the one that was the one thing that surprised me the most. And Tua was good. You know, yeah. like two hundred thirty four yards, two touchdowns. His uh, favorite receivers did their thing. Waddle did his waddle, did his penguin waddle. I love that. I love his touchdown yeah. dance, by the way. Yeah, I think yeah. it's one of the best in the NFL. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. So he had his one touchdown, three receptions, 114 yards. Tyreek Hill had another touchdown, nine receptions, 69 yards. Like the Dolphins gave the Bills a game, Yeah. especially in conditions that they usually uh, historically don't play well in. Yeah, yeah. Being such a fair weather team, usually they, they can't do well. Um, Raheem Mostert was a huge pickup, too. He had a phenomenal game, 136 yards on 17 carries and even one catch for 20 yards. And, uh, yeah, that's been a great acquisition for them. Um, yeah, unfortunately, they fall to eight and six. Uh, they host Green Bay on Saturday, early window. And also on the early window, Bills go to Chicago. Um, okay, so. The other teams in the AFC East, uh, we got to talk about the Patriots, okay? So my zero of the week, uh, it was probably the dumbest play that I've ever seen in the history of the game. Uh, and there's been a lot of dumb plays, but Jacoby Myers, I think, forgot what the score was and decides uh, he's going to throw the ball back to Jones uh, the wrong Jones uh, ends up getting it. Uh, Mac Jones was standing there, and I don't think he wanted the ball. Uh, he get, <laughs> For some reason, Jacoby Jones, on a lateral play with no time remaining on the clock, in a tie game, he decides to fire it uh, across the field. Chandler Jones grabs it, stiff arms Mac Jones to the <laughs> ground and runs it in for the game-winning score with no time on the clock making Vegas go into a frenzy and, and the black hole was excited beyond belief. And uh, that was one of the craziest endings to a NFL game I've ever witnessed. I think when Mac Jones said, why is the ball coming towards me? <laughs> yeah. I think he had more shock than anything else. He was like, what's going on here? What why, why is that in the air coming towards me? <laughs> <laughs> I myself, as I'm watching it, because I watched the highlights, I was like, wait, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, wait, do I have the score wrong? Is, is it? Oh, no, no, it, it's tied. It's tied. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, complete bonehead move. Obviously, he he lost grasp of exactly what was going on in the game, which I, I don't really know how you can do that. And, yeah, and the Patriots lose. A game they could have easily won. I would have, I would have loved to be 
on the flight uh, from Vegas back to New England and just saw how Bill Belichick uh, handled the move by Jacoby Myers because uh, he doesn't handle dumb football very, very well. I I think uh, Myers might have just decided to take a bus back instead (laughs) of a flight because, holy cow, he would have been in big trouble from the hoodie. He might have had the most uncomfortable, like, plane ride back by the hoodie just saying, sit here, young man, right beside me. And we're like, oh, I'm going to get it the entire plane ride. Not just a little bit, the entire plane ride. I'm going to hear about it. So you know what? At least he can learn from this experience of, oh, don't, don't do that again, like ever. You know? And also, too, he he wasted, he wasted a, a fantastic performance by Stevenson with 19 carries and 172 yards to touchdown. Yeah. If I was Stevenson, I'd be like, dude, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Stevenson started it though. He's the one that actually <laughs> laddled it back to him. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he made even that mistake. That was a mistake on his part. Cause you know, once he was God, he was God, you know, you go down, it's overtime. Uh, I don't know why he handed back to Jacoby. It was, you know, his great game was ruined by him handing it off. Well, I guess in retrospect, he's like, I guess I shouldn't have done that. But I thought he were definitely going to toss it across the field to somebody, <laughs> you know, to Mac, who's just like, again, why is that ball in the air? <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, that actually probably will knock the Patriots out of the playoffs. Uh, such a massive loss for them. Instead of eight and seven, they're they're uh, or seven. They would have been eight and six, and now they're seven and seven. And on the outside looking in, uh, this is tough for them. And I I don't know if they can recover from such a massive mistake. Uh, they host the Bengals on Saturday early window. Bengals are are rolling, and I expect Cincinnati to win easily. And um, yeah, this was uh, this was a monumental mistake and. And I saw some of the networks today put up other, you know, boneheaded plays, other stupid moves, and and nothing even came close to this one. This one was just like heads and shoulders above the worst play a football player has ever made, just somehow forgetting what the heck the score is and and trying to throw a pass across like that was just it was it was insane. He said, Oh, I didn't see Chandler there, but but why are you even attempting that throw in the first place? Exactly. And like that, that throw should never have been made in the first place. It should never have happened. And also too, now to compound upon everything, you might be out of the playoffs because of that. Yeah. 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 Insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, Raiders are uh, loving life and having fun there. Uh, they go to Pittsburgh. Uh, they play the late game on Saturday, uh, Christmas Eve, five fifteen. Um, okay, let's go to the AFC West. Uh, the Chiefs, amazingly enough, they had some trouble with Houston, just like Dallas did last week. I don't know how these teams are having trouble with a 1-12-1 and team, but um, the Chiefs did. Uh, Davis Mills had a late fumble to really uh, give the Chiefs a chance to come back and, and win. Um, great performances by so many of the Chiefs, like – Mahomes had a great game. Jarek McKinnon had a phenomenal game. Kelsey, Juju, Pacheco. Um, this team's 11-3 and three now and looking like 
front runners, but I was shocked that they had this much trouble with Houston. I, I, I think, you know what? The Chiefs probably just wanted to give the Texans some false hope. Fans, just some false hope. It's like, you guys have had it rough. So, you know, we'll make the game kind of exciting and then we'll beat you. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I, and I, hey, and it worked. It, it worked. worked. I, and I, I do want to say this. I thought the best catch, though, of the game for this particular game was Valdez Cantley with the full out layout catch yeah. in the end for a touchdown. I, I thought that was stellar. And, but Mahomes, well, you know what? I don't think he was ever worried. He was just like, okay, well, they're they're ahead now, but they're not going to stay there. <laughs> oh, exactly. No, they 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 kind of just yeah played with him. You know, it's like a um a cat playing with a mouse, giving him a little bit of a chance to get away and stuffing him again, and a little <laughs> chance of getting him back. Uh, Jarek McKinnon McKinnon had amazing numbers: 10, 10 carries, fifty two yards, and a touchdown, and uh, eight catches, seventy yards, and another touchdown. Um, this guy is a, a weapon that uh, has come in and and uh, really, really uh, you know filled a hole that Ty, Tyreek Hill uh, gave them when he left. Yeah, he most certainly has. He's filled that void, and Pacheco's come in and uh, filled the void at running back, and he's been doing well since he's taken over the reins. Yeah. Again, another fifteen carries, eighty-six yards, and Mahomes. You know, he did throw for two touchdowns, but he decided I better get one myself. So yeah, I'll run one yeah. in as well. We got yeah. one. Yeah, you got to give him one of the heroes of the week. Honorable mention too. Um, pretty awesome. KC uh, hosts the Seahawks uh, Saturday early window. Houston goes to Tennessee, uh, play them in the early window as well. Uh, speaking of the Titans, they lost uh, heartbreaker seventeen fourteen to the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert had a pretty good game. Uh, his two picks were tough. Uh, Kept the game a lot closer. Um, his weapons, everybody just uh, was just okay. On the Titans side, Derrick Henry had another phenomenal game, but they don't have anything else there. They're 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 just they're covered as bare, and uh, they're they're still leading the the South. But uh, at seven and seven, the Jags are actually only one game behind them, getting an opportunity maybe at the championship, but. As I said, Chargers Chargers squeaked out a 17-14 win. Yeah, Eckler was uh, got himself a touchdown, 12 carries, 58 yards. And uh, Keenan Allen, great day. Eight, well, okay day. Eight receptions, 86 yards. Chargers did enough to get the win here. But you're right. The Titans, uh, if Henry doesn't do almost everything, they are extremely limited on offense. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Losing AJ Brown was just so massive for this team, and uh, you know it's hampered them big time. Uh, they were the top team in the AFC record-wise last year. This year, they're just 500, and um, I actually think they're going to lose the division to the Jags. The way the Jags are playing right now, I think it's uh, Jacksonville's to win now. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Jacksonville looks great. They're charging hard, and the Titans seem to be like just they're just losing their mojo. Yeah. steadily as we go along in this season. Uh, so we've covered already the rest of the AFC West. The Raiders are 6-8. and eight. The Broncos are last at 4-10. and 10. Uh, AFC North, um, we mentioned the Bengals beat the Bucs, and they sit at 10-4. and four. Ravens lost to Cleveland 13-3, and they're 9-5 and five now on the year. 
Tyler Huntley fell back down to earth and wasn't very good. Uh, J.K. Dobbins uh, had another good game, but um, there was only one touchdown on the game. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Deshaun Watson was average. Nick Chubb got robbed. He had 100 yards, and then they scooped a yard away, and he only got 99. Uh, that was pretty crappy. Uh, their Cleveland home statistician uh, taking a 100-yard game away from him, but uh, this is a pretty big yawner. This was a game where I'm like, okay, I don't mind missing this. I'm going to go Christmas shopping. I'm going to watch the UFC. Uh, yeah. I don't care about these two teams. I don't think this is going to be a good game, and it wasn't. No, it was It was not a good game. It was an absolute snoozer. Uh, Watson looked a little bit better. I will give him that in this particular game, and that's about all I saw from this game. Yeah. Um, okay, so Cleveland hosts the Saints Saturday early. Ravens host the Falcons also Saturday early. Uh, AFC South, uh, we've mentioned already. Titans lead uh, seven and seven. Jags sit back at six and eight. Colts are now four, nine, and one. And the Texans won 12 and one to round it out. Um, that is pretty much um, the NFL story. Um, I do want to mention a better. Won 2.88 million on a five leg NFL parlay. And uh, the biggest win of those five games was the miracle win by the Raiders. Imagine how much he was jumping up when that ball was tossed across to Chandler Jones. Uh, because he won almost three million dollars on his bet. First off, he must have said to Jacoby Myers, Thank you. Oh, dear God, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Because, like, yeah, that that is amazing that that happened for him. And then also, too, yeah, I would be jumping up and down because it's like that's a gift from God, literally. They yeah. get God. It was. It was crazy, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that Jalen Hurts isn't too hurt, uh, has his uh, shoulder sprain, doubtful for Saturday's game, but uh, – yeah, as I mentioned, uh, we've got games on Saturday. Most of the bulk of the games are Saturday this week. Uh, only three games on Christmas Day. Uh, NBA has five, so uh, we'll be switching back and forth a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just a Monday night or so. Most games, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, it'll be fun to watch. And uh, we're getting really close to the playoff picture. It's really starting to, uh, yeah, it's starting to really take shape. And we can tell who's going to be in and who's going to be out. And, uh What's coming together? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, only weeks to go. Yeah, we only have weeks to go, and it's uh, it's getting exciting, yeah. getting right down to the wire. And, uh, oh, man, I'm just looking forward to when the playoffs start. really am. There's only six teams that have definitely clinched so far. Four on the NFC, the Eagles, Vikings, Niners, and Cowboys have clinched a spot. As I said, Buccaneers still sitting first. In their division, the Giants and Washington sits. Washington currently sits in seventh place uh, in the hunt. Uh, the Seahawks, the Lions, and uh, Packers are playing tonight. Um, in the AFC, Bills and Chiefs are the only two that have clinched for sure. Uh, Bengals are in the driver's seat, definitely looking like they're going. Uh, they sit in the third seed. Titans are fourth seed. Ravens, Chargers. And Dolphins, Chargers and Dolphins are both eight and six, sitting in the six and seven seed. Patriots and the Jets and the Jags are the teams on the bubble in the hunt. 
Um, I don't think those the Patriots and the Jets can make it, but I really do think the Jags can uh, pass the Titans and get in there. Yeah, Jags definitely have a chance. Jags definitely have a chance of getting in there. But I agree with you on the Patriots-Jets. I, I don't think those two are going to be getting in. No. Okay, man. Well, that's the NFL story for me. Um, let's turn to the last card of the UFC's season. Historic year. Amazing amount of cards. 42 cards this year. And uh, it ends in a- the Apex again. UFC Apex 66. Um <laughs> crazy amount of cards in vegas since the pandemic uh we had a lot of great fights on this card um i found the main event to be uh a little too cautious for my liking both guys were just seeming to not uh throw the kitchen sink at the other i think they were both kind of worried about the power coming back each way um strickland was headhunting the entire time uh cannoneer definitely had more of a balanced approach uh it was crazy how even it was uh strike wise uh there was only really one takedown in the whole entire fight and it didn't last on the ground very long uh but you kept seeing the numbers and they were just uh you know very very close entire fight and um then we came to the cards and it was a weird split decision one guy had it 49 46 one way one guy had 49 46 the other way and uh then we had uh you know 48 47 victory uh, i thought cannoneer probably did pull out the win but uh in the end what what did you think of, of it on a whole i i actually i didn't mind the fight at all i just thought it was incredibly strategic Very like I, and i think i think for both guys they both knew that the other guy can hurt me and I can hurt him very badly if there's a mistake made. And so that's why I think that they were trying to be intelligent with their striking. Obviously, as the third round ended going into the fourth and fifth round, the amount of aggression actually was uh, went up by both fighters sure. for both of them for the fourth and the fifth round because they were trying to, they started actually putting together combinations and stuff. At the end of the day, I thought Cannoneer kind of edged Strickland barely, yeah. but at the same time, I could see where the other judge, maybe not 49-46, to Strickland. That's the way I would have scored it, but I could see it. I could see it. I could see that being a scorecard, right? So it was super close. I know this. Strickland is definitely not going to fall in the rankings from that performance. He shouldn't. He should probably stay at number seven. And now Cannoneer going forward, ah. Uh, He's got to be. He's got to be considered for a title shot now, yeah. uh, depending on where Pereira is and where Izzy is and where you know, like if that rematch is going to happen right away or not. He's got to be considered. He's got to be right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he is right there. Um, yeah, I think there's probably going to be a rematch between Pereira and Adesanya. So, uh, yeah. but him right there. Uh, I guess Robert Whitaker is scheduled to fight Paulo Costa now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he's kind of going to have to wait a few months to uh, find out who he faces. But uh, these are the fight uh, strike numbers uh, going f- through the fight here. Um, Cannoneer uh, uh, had uh, one one more strike than Strickland, 13-12 in the first round. They were tied 19 apiece in the second round, 27 apiece in the third round. 
Strickland had five more strikes, 29-24 in the in the fourth round. And Cannoneer ended up having uh, about five more strikes than Strickland in the fifth round. And uh, altogether, Strickland had uh, 122 significant strikes, Cannoneer 116. Uh, Strickland was uh, twice as many head strikes, 109 to 53. Uh, but body strikes, 36 to 12 for Cannoneer and 27 to 1 on leg kicks. I, I saw a few more leg kicks that they didn't count for Strickland, but but uh, he he really wasn't throwing that. I don't know why he wasn't uh, throwing his legs. Uh, what was the what what was the reason of that? He usually doesn't. That's that's just kind of his fight style. He likes to stay in the pocket and use his hands and work behind the jab. That's mm-hmm. usually his thing. I don't know why he doesn't throw more leg strikes because to diversify his offense, which would probably be very beneficial for him going forward. But he traditionally he doesn't like to throw his leg strikes, which he should. Yeah. He should start to incorporate more into that his offensive package. Yeah, it was a it was a, a flawed approach. He was pissed off when the cards were red and and um, yeah, I mean it was it was razor thin, razor close. Uh, you know, it was a really tactical fight. And uh, you know, if if you like that, I just wanted to see a few more fireworks. I wanted to see a few more powerful shots landed, and it really wasn't there. Um, the co-main event though man this was one one awesome awesome fight between two guys that are super super talented and uh sarukian ended up getting seven takedowns uh a 19 fight win streak by imagulov and uh he um yeah sarukian looked phenomenal in this fight and uh got a big decision win this was a but this was a hell of a a great battle between two incredible warriors uh, great technical battle again. Sarukian clearly had the advantage in the grappling and definitely began to wear Ismagulov down. But I got to give Ismagulov credit where credit's due. His takedown defense was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I thought, like, through the entirety of the fight, even when he was getting tired. But it took Sarukian that much effort to finally break down his takedown defense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I did like what Sarukian said after the fight, which is, "We're so good, the two of us, that nobody else wants to fight us in the division." Yeah. And he's absolutely right. You take a look at that fight, and you're like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to fight any of those guys, man. I don't know about that." Yeah. You know, because Sarukian did win, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It was not an easy win by any stretch of the imagination. He uh, he called out Islam Makachev. Uh, they fought back in 2019, April 20th, and um, it was a, a a decision win by Makachev. He said um, he said it was a uh, it was the wrong call, hometown decision. It was fight of the night there back in in 2019, St. Petersburg, Russia, and uh, but he wants to race that. Um, he got beat by Mateus Gamrot his last uh, appearance, but. Um, to me, he didn't lose that fight. Uh, it was a wrong decision on the judge's part. And, uh, he said it in the octagon. He's like, I'm on a seven fight win streak. I'm not counting that one. F you guys. That was not a loss. He also, um, wants to fight. If he can't fight Makachev, he, he wants to take on Charles Oliveira or Benil Dariush. So, um, asking for killers. Uh, he had, he had three or four different opponents, um, cancel in the past, uh, few months and uh he's getting a little frustrated 
uh, wants to take on the top of the division. And and I'm, I'm looking forward to any of those guys. I think he's finally got up onto their level. I think the UFC, I think he deserves the top five guy. Yeah. I think I think somebody in the top five, he deserves to fight somebody in the top five. He's proven it now. And also, too, people forget he pushed Makachev. And I think it was a short notice fight for him as well. Yeah. So, like, you know, he's actually that good. And people yeah. forget about that. I know I remembered it, especially watching this fight. That dude is that good, man. So yeah. I think he's now deserved the top five guy, and he should get a top five guy for his next yeah. fight. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, I really hope so. Uh, is Magulov, um, yeah, back to the drawing board. 19 fight losing streak. Uh, most people never go on anything close to that. So, uh, you know, no shade thrown on him. 24 and 2, and uh, he'll live to fight another day very, very soon for sure. Uh, this flyweight battle between Amir Abazi and Alessandro Costa. Costa's UFC debut came in. Uh, Abazi was the fav- biggest favorite on the card, and um, Costa looked pretty good in that first round. I was pretty impressed, even the first couple rounds. And uh, and then Abazi uh, got the takedown in the second round, held him down, and then wham, he threw an amazing uppercut that landed on Costa that uh, took him out. Uh, it was a great performance by Abazi, and this is a this is a really uh, mover and shaker in the flyweight division. Yeah, yeah, he he's coming in strong. I think Costa actually expected him to throw the right hook, and then Albazi shifted it to an uppercut, caught him flush. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful, perfect technique, and uh, then took him out in the third. Costa made a very good showing of himself against a ranked opponent, and yeah. for him for this being his first UFC fight, kind of kind of tough one to take, right? But. Yeah. At the same time, I think Costa, you know, as he's coming through now in the UFC, I think he'll do better. It's just that he fought a really, really high-level guy right off the bat. So I, I'm not, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna uh, come down on him too hard because Albazi is actually that good. Yeah, it's tough to fight a ranked opponent in your first UFC fight. Uh, it's a little bit unfair, but I think they were. Uh, he was a late replacement guy, and uh, that's yeah. who they found. So um okay uh alex caceres bruce leroy came in as an underdog uh his record's never been terrific he's had his ups and downs but he got performance of the night and got a big ko victory over a tough guy and juicy j juliana rosa um i i loved caceres performance uh he looked great and uh this was a this was an awesome awesome knockout oh it was an awesome knockout it was fantastic Arosa thought he was out of the fire when he was pulling back, and Caceres throws that left high kick, catches him flush, and it is game over. Arosa was out. Yeah. And even when he was he came to and tried to get to his feet, he was still rocked. He was <laughs> rocked for a while, man. So yeah. great win, great win by Caceres. And uh, I, I, I've, I've always appreciated the way that Caceres fights. I've always thought it was exciting. And he gave us another highlight reel KO to add to his uh, list of KOs. Yeah, there's not that many people in the world that can throw a kick that far off balance after throwing a left and, and not connecting. And his whole body weight is shifting so far. I, yeah. I, I'm even out of the – this is how far away he was. And, yeah. and then he throws the kick and nails Arosa. And at first he thought maybe it was a little too quick of a stoppage. 
And then you saw him fall on his face and then get up and wobble and fall again. And, and you know, oh, yeah, that rocked him to the point where uh, Herb Dean was very right for immediately calling it off before there was more damage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that uh, fight's over. Fight yeah. was definitely over. Um, fight of the night. Uh, I said 50K to Alex Caceres. Well, 50K goes to both Drew Dober and Bobby Green, and uh, you and I have talked a lot about Bobby Green. One of the one of the favorite fighters in the UFC. He's just he's got such an amazing style with his hands down at his waist. He's so quick. He's so entertaining. He wades into deep waters all the time. Doesn't seem to be ever fighting cautiously. And uh, this is another example. Won the first round. Really beat up Drew Dober. Landed a lot of shots and avoided. Almost everything that Drober was throwing his way uh, was having the same type of success in the second round until Dober just threw a couple hooks until he finally connected on that chin and Green was down. The fight was over and uh, Dober was a uh, game. He took a lot of abuse, but he landed that kill shot and uh, took Bobby Green out. I think Dober realized that obviously Green had the speed advantage against him in this fight, and it showed in the first round clearly. So Dober knew that he had to be willing to go into the fire and take punishment to give punishment. Yeah, and so and that's exactly what he did. Because at the end of that fight, you you saw, you saw Dober's face. He took a ton of damage. Oh yeah, he took a ton of damage, yeah. and by like you said, threw the hook once, miss. Threw it again, miss. Throws it a third time, connects, it's over. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Because at least the one thing that Dober can always rely on is he has his power and he's got plenty of it. Yeah, I've always liked Dober and I've always liked how uh, much heart he shows. Uh, he goes into some serious battles all the time and takes a lot of abuse. Shorter guy, uh, doesn't have the reach advantage, has to go into, you know, inside to, uh, you know, take shots, but to give shots and uh, Bobby Green, uh, you know, fun in defeat, even uh, what an entertaining fighter. And uh, he was on a really bad losing streak a couple years ago that made me worried that uh, the USC was going to send him packing. But after performances like this, even in a loss, I know the USC has to love him as much as we do. No, no, no. Obviously they do, because like, hey, you put on performances like that, win or lose, the USC is never going to get rid of him. Because, like, you're fan-friendly and you put on great fights. Yeah. Okay, so 50K to Caceres, 50K to Green and Dover, and also 50K to Michael Olachechik. Uh, He started off the main card with a knockout win over Cody Brundage. Uh, this was this was a great performance by him. And, uh, yeah, he gets to have an extra great Christmas with 50K more coming his way. Yeah, always it's always good having 50k more. And yeah, it didn't start off well. Mm. Brundage uh asserted his uh grappling dominance at, in the beginning there until Ola Chasek managed to reverse the position, managed to finally get away from his grappling, hit him a couple times, and then oh, drops him, ground and pound finish in the first. It's all said and done. It's over. Yeah, that was a quick and lethal finish and uh real quick. And yeah, um, nice for him to uh, to get those ex that extra win bonus and and here he goes. Um, okay, prelims. 
Um, actually, a pretty good fight between Corey McKenna and Cheyenne Boys. Um, decision there. Uh, McKenna's a young girl, uh, part of the um, TG, uh, part of the camp uh, down in California with. Uh, uh, why is the name escaping me? Uh, Uri Faber. And, um, yeah, I was able to get a, a win over a really tough opponent there. Uh, I was pretty impressed by her, her performance. Yeah. Uh, she, she took the path of least resistance by deciding not to engage on the feet with the speedy, um, buys Lismus. And, uh, she took her to the ground, kept her on the ground and beat her up that way. Um, yeah, definitely dominated in the grappling department. In the second and and most assuredly the third, especially when she asked McKenna, let's 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 fight on the feet. And McKenna's like, no, I'm just gonna grapple you. Because <laughs> apparently, if you're asking me to fight on the feet, you're not really appreciating the grappling. So I'm definitely taking you down to the feet. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was good. And she's so young. Uh, I think the future is super bright for her. I'm looking forward to seeing her fight again. Uh, this welterweight battle between. Matthew Semi the Jedi Semmelsberger and Jake Matthews man uh this was this was uh, one of my favorite fights on the card my favorite fights in a long time these two guys are incredible warriors and and Semmelsberger man this guy's tough he just puts his chin down and just moves forward and uh, takes shots but uh he is tough as hell and a hell of a great fighter this was a uh, this was an awesome awesome fight to watch Great fight. I give Matthews all the credit because he got not he dropped he got dropped by Smellsberger in the first, in the second, and in the third, and was still in the fight. Yeah. So and we know Smellsberger has power. We also know that Matthews has power. But what we didn't know was that Smellsberger actually has more power than Matthews. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't know that. But yeah. now we do. Smellsberger is a scary, scary fighter especially with that kind of power, that kind of heat coming at you. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, Semmelsberger just, um, you know, when, when he got the knockdowns, you didn't see him just start wildly swinging and try to take him out. He just let him get back up and, uh, you know, put it on him, kept putting it on him. But, uh, yeah, to get a knockdown in all three rounds and and uh, easily dispatch Jake Matthews, who was super tough, uh, massive win for Semmelsberger, really, really good performance. Uh uh, the welterweight division has another contender moving on up. Uh, okay, anything uh, else that you want to mention? Uh, all lots of great fights on this uh, yeah, part for sure. Um, the the two uh, the two guys uh, with the very long names, Nurmagomedov and Kakumanov. Um, wow, this was a an amazing battle too. Uh, these guys are are both super tough. Both super tough. Kakramanov actually was controlling the fight for most of for most of it with yeah. his grappling heavy approach and trying to stay as connected as he could to Norma Gamedov until he made a slight miscalculation and then Norma Gamedov got him in that uh, uh, guillotine choke and it was it yeah. done and, and it was it was just a slight miscalculation on where his body positioning was when he was grappling him and Norma Gamedov jumped all over it. Yeah. And that's the difference between these high-level guys. If you just make a slight mistake, yeah. that's it. That's all yeah. it takes. Yeah, I thought Kakramanov uh, was winning the fight up to that point, mm-hmm. and uh, nobody had ever done that to Saeed. And, um, but, yeah, he just 
left his neck in the wrong position and uh, boom, got uh, got into that guillotine and could not get out of it, um, had to tap. So that was it. Um, yeah, anything anything else you want to mention on the card? Um, there was a lot of great fights, but... The, uh, the only last thing I would mention is Garcia's win over Mahashate. I thought that was super impressive just because of the fact that Mahashate had the... Uh, length advantage and knew how to use his reach, yeah. knew how to use those knees to devastating effect. But Garcia still was able to wade into <laughs> those dangerous spots, wow. still managed to get his takedowns with powerful slams, and also, too, was very good at mixing up his striking and getting in leg kicks and stuff. It was a great win by Garcia. Very good win by Garcia. Yeah, that was crazy. That was great. He he looked really good doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah against it. Tough, tough, tough guy. So I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So as I said uh, earlier, uh, we've got uh, a long wait between cards. Uh, you, uh, January 14th is the next card. We're not going to see the UFC for a while. So we'll have a break. All, all of them can go back to their families and have a nice Christmas break. And um, yeah, give us a break uh, t- for our families too. Uh, we won't uh, We won't have to uh, be watching them on Saturday nights. And, and uh, we'll get a chance to visit family and do some um, other things. Yeah, of course, because like you know what, it's Christmas. It's 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 it. This is the time. This is the time where you see your loved ones and you see those people that you haven't had a chance to see too often during the year. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, it's a few few NBA no- news and notes. Um, over the weekend, uh, Nikola Jokic had a historic game. Uh, Forty points. 27 rebounds and 10 assists for one of the best triple doubles we've seen in our lifetime. An absolutely massive performance in a 119-115 win over Charlotte and uh, really put himself in the front runner MVP conversation again and maybe a three-peat for Nikola Jokic to uh, haul down that MVP trophy. There's very few players that have ever won it three times in a row and and uh, this was a legendary, legendary performance. It was amazing. He is amazing. And also, too, if you look at the standings in the West, I believe the Nuggets are third place in the Western Conference at 18 and 11. Yeah. And a large part of that is still due to Jokic, still due to the Joker. Even as Murray's trying to play himself back into shape, trying to get back to his almost all-star caliber level that he left before that injury. Um. He's, he's, he's carrying the team. And the team, like the numbers of Jokic, if he's in the game as opposed to when he's out of the game, it's ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. he literally makes the team better when he's on the court yeah. all the time, all the time. That's how good he is. So um, the, the, this kind of statistical stat line was the first of its kind in 54 years uh, 1968 was the last time we've seen something that good. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain uh, put up those kinds of numbers. Elgin Baylor, another guy that had those triple doubles back in the day. Um, so uh, the last time uh, w- numbers we saw this were Chamberlain. Um, he he had numbers like that four times in his career. 40, 27, and 10. Last time he did it was March 18th, 1968. He got 53 points, 32 rebounds, and 14 assists. 
Wow. <laughs> uh, unreal. Uh, this was Jokic's uh, fifth uh, triple-double this season and his 81st triple-double of his career. And uh, he's only the third player in NBA history to get those kinds of numbers. Elgin Baylor is another guy that um, had those back in the day. But, um, yeah, the, the Nuggets are coming on um, number three seed, 18 and 11, as you mentioned. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you yeah, man, he's if he can put up any kind of numbers like this, uh, you know, it's not out of the question that um, he could get a third MVP. Usually they give it to one of the guys that's on the top team in the regular season, you know, top two or three teams. And so Nuggets yeah. have to keep winning. But, um, yeah, this uh, these are numbers. Uh, you know, th- he's actually has better numbers so far this season than he had those first two MVP seasons. Yeah, he's, he's on an historic run right now. And if he can keep it up. But, hey, he's got he's got some major competition for MVP this year. Uh, one of those guys in particular is uh, Mr. Jason Tatum for the Celtics, yep. who's definitely has to be considered for MVP this year. Oh yeah, you're right, big time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we've had a couple of huge injuries. Uh, Anthony Davis um, has a serious foot injury that's going to keep him out about a month, they think, and um, that will uh, deal the Lakers a serious blow. Um, I don't know what nickname Anthony Davis should have, but uh, glass body or, you know, something. Uh, He's just, he's so injury prone. It's just sickening. It must be so frustrating for him, for LeBron James, and for everybody that's close to him. Uh, I mean, this just happens year after year after year. And um, this is another big blow to them. They were coming on lately. They're still sitting in 12th in the West. 13 and 16 record, but they had won a couple in the row in a row and they had done quite well in the past 10. But um, this is a, probably a, a blow that they might not be able to recover from uh, if he's out this long. Yeah. And also too, like, no, his nickname should be Mr. Glass. But the thing about it, that's just so discouraging was that he was playing so well, like he he was playing MVP level. Yeah. That's where he was yeah. before this injury. And so we don't know how he's going to come back even after the injury's done. So it it sucks. It sucks for Laker Nation, that's for sure, that this guy was playing that well and then all of a sudden gets hurt again. But you kind of know with Anthony Davis, it's unfortunate, but it's only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the way his whole career has been. It's unfortunate. Um, Steph Curry, um, he's out two to four weeks with a shoulder separation. And, uh, yeah, they're hoping that it's on the lower end of that scale. Um, but this is a big blow for Golden State. Um, but Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson, as we mentioned last week, stepping up in his absence and, uh, getting an opportunity to keep the ship running while he's away. Yeah, um, just uh, just yesterday, Warriors beat the Raptors, 126-110, and Poole, 43 big points. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're, it, it, they're getting their chance. They get their chance right now. Now that uh, the guy that steers the ship is injured, now it's our time to, like, you know, make sure that we keep our heads above water until he gets back. Yeah. Um, Steph's old running mate, KD, uh, the stealth assassin, he got a career-high 
26 points in a, in a quarter yesterday, 26 in the third on their on his way to 43 points in a 124-121 win over Detroit yesterday. Uh, he now only needs 60 points to pass Tim Duncan for 15th place on the all-time scoring list. And they play Golden State on Wednesday and Milwaukee Friday. Expect it to be done on Friday. Uh, we'll see him 15th all-time. Uh, be uh, starting to get up there to some historic numbers. No, no, he certainly is. And he's playing some of his best basketball of his career, period. And would you look at that? The Nets turning it around 19 and 12. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Six six wins in a row. The only hotter team are the Knicks. And uh, so it's a uh, pretty nice in New York City right now. Uh, 13 wins in a row for their two two teams. And the other team that has six wins in a row, Orlando Magic. Can you believe it? Yeah. After such a brutal, 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 brutal start, uh, they have won six in a row. They were five and twenty, and now they're eleven and twenty. Uh, still down there, but uh, I don't know how they've been able to turn this around. Well, they've been able to turn around because they're still a rookie. Ben Carroll has been playing awesome. Yeah, thirty-one points in their win against the Celtics yesterday, and uh, another guy that's actually been showing. Just some serious chops lately. I've been impressed with some of the highlights he's been giving out is Bol Bol. Yeah. He only had 11 points and eight rebounds, but he's been playing very well yeah. in these wins for the Magic. Very, yeah. very well. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Yeah, I I, I really like um, talking to I, I like talking to those guys. I, I met a few guys from that area of the world and uh, Manute Bol uh paved the way and uh, a lot of those guys come in they're like seven foot six and they're only a couple hundred pounds but they uh they are can be a presence and uh yeah snag up a lot of rebounds it'd be hard to uh get through the paint to try to score and uh yeah they've they've always been um yeah such a, a cool thing to watch and uh when they can contribute they they're usually really really talented yeah, very, very talented, and uh, he can do a little bit of everything right there. And especially the height is obviously very beneficial. The battle in the East is looking great. Uh, the Bucks and the Celtics, I think they're going to go neck and neck all year. Cavs are still looking awesome at uh, third. Uh, yeah, Knicks, like I said, they've won seven in a row. Uh, Nets, uh, six in a row. We've got um, the Heat, uh, four in a row, and they're climbing back into it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a heck of a battle in the East. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see the Grizzlies uh, get all the way up to uh, first place in the Western Conference. And and they're, um, yeah, 8-2 and two in their last 10 and, and looking good. Uh, John Morant got kicked out of the game the other night for making some comment to a friend of his. And uh, that was kind of weird. I was shocked uh, that he got booted out. Uh, I think the referee... Didn't really understand what was said. He thought he was um, yelling something that he shouldn't have and and got kicked out. But, um, yeah, Grizzlies are looking great. Grizzlies are looking great, and they're looking great with uh, with one of their major weapons missing because Desmond Bain is out with injury right now, so he's still due to come back. And once he comes back, oh, the Grizzlies are just going to be that much better. That yeah. much better. I went to uh, I went to see a documentary this week. It's called The Grizzly Truth. It was um, done about the Vancouver Grizzlies and uh, the reason why they left Vancouver for Memphis. 
one of the best movies I've ever seen. It was super phenomenal to see it in the theater. Uh, it is now showing on Crave. If you have Crave, anybody, uh, really highly recommend it. Uh, almost every single person that talked during the uh, documentary, I have known and, and worked close with and have known over the years. Uh, it was it was amazing, the access and the uh, ability for the documentary filmmaker to get uh, you know able to get all the people that you needed to talk uh it was it was awesome i really recommend it jason and everybody that's watching and listening it was it was the one of the, the best documentaries i've ever seen well that's that's fantastic and I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that the owner didn't uh you know was as giving with the information as he was because we know that he was very instrumental in that move clearly yeah you know. <laughs> i think he's i think he's gone now Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah they, they didn't have him. Uh, they didn't have him uh, making comments, but they had almost everybody else. Even uh, I think the one that stood out the most to me was Steve Francis. Um, she was able to get uh, talk to Steve Francis, go back to his hometown. He said it was the first time that he had ever talked about the whole Vancouver fiasco and uh, why he refused to, to come and play here after getting drafted. Uh, it was a pretty amazing scoop by her. Uh, she was able to get there. Her name is is uh, Kat James, but last name is spelled J-A-Y-M-E. Uh, she did another couple of documentaries on the Grizzlies before, but this one was my favorite, and it was it was absolutely amazing and awesome. And I was really happy to see that it's now out of the theaters, coming, and uh, we can watch it on Crave. So I'm going to watch it even again. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to check that out over the holidays for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's it for complete sports media's podcast from me, um, man, we're into Christmas week. Can you believe it? It seemed like it, it just, it seems like we were just doing this last year. You know what I mean? Like it, it just came so fast, so quick. Uh, the end of the years, these years actually go by faster and faster. Yeah. But the one thing I do want to say is that, uh, this has always been a pleasure. I always look forward to it on the Mondays. Yeah. And uh, I definitely now am looking forward to our time off. Yeah. By the fact that we get to get rested, we get to get proper sleep. Yeah. And I get to eat yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here you're on your way to a dinner. Uh, drive safe. Uh, it's still snowing out there and uh, it's accumulated quite a bit all over. So, um, yeah, take it easy. Even if you're. 10 minutes, 15 minutes late, no big deal. Just I'm sure they're going to save the food for you. So, uh, yes. yeah, enjoy your evening, enjoy your week. I'm sure we'll uh, be in touch. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, man. I appreciate it a lot. No, no, no worries, no problem. And you have yourself a safe and healthy and giving happy holidays. Okay, man. Cheers. All the best. Bye for now. Bye for now. Okay, that was it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, appreciate uh, you sticking in and watching and listening. Uh, awesome, awesome time we had, as usual. Um, wow, great uh, great year. I can't believe it's come to a close. Um, I think this might be, yeah, I think this is our last podcast of the year. And uh, you might not see us for a couple weeks, but uh, enjoy your holidays. Love you lots. Take care of yourself. And uh, thanks to our partners and sponsors. As always, uh, really appreciate your support. 
anchor.fm the easiest place to make a podcast really great at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us verbero the hockey equipment and apparel company industry leader in technology performance and value v350 stick is a must-have pampas and possibilities phenomenal at uh being able to spruce up your home with West Coast pretty things that really, really make your home feel homey. And uh, of course, Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. We love y'all and um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Take care of yourself. Have a wonderful time with your friends and family. And we'll catch you again in 2023. Bye for now.